I'm Becca Campbell, your pediatric sleep consultant. Welcome to the Little Z Sleep Podcast, where we make getting sleep help easy. This is a big podcast episode you might have noticed when you saw the timestamp, and it's for a reason. Maybe you don't need the full thing, and that's okay. It's kind of like a choose your own adventure. But today, we are going step by step, age by age, through how you can have an off day. Let me talk about why this is so important. Yes, we want you to have a great sleep schedule. We want you to have your child sleeping so well that you can put them down into their bed. They fall asleep within 10 minutes. They stay asleep all night long. They wake up rested in the morning and then you start that schedule. However, there is really no reward if you continue doing that day after day. Actually, there's a lot of reward. Your kid's going to be very happy and well-rested. That's fine. But you may go a little crazy because you're never off. You're never enjoying your life. And just because you have a kid on a sleep schedule doesn't mean you have to never live your life again. So this podcast episode, I invited Sarah Leach, who is our lead sleep consultant here at Little Z's. And we are going through different ages. We're going to cover all the baby, all the toddler, and all the preschooler tips on how you can enjoy an off day. But before we get into that, I want to ask you, if you haven't already, would you rate and review this podcast? This little podcast, Little Z Sleep, has been ranked the number three in the pediatric category of podcast worldwide. I am still blown away as those words come out of my mouth, but I am so thrilled to be able to share these episodes with you every week as we have for the last four years. And I want to make sure that your story is heard. So would you take a moment, scroll down in your podcast player, tap that five stars, hint, hint, wink, wink, leave us a review, tell us what this podcast has meant, share a sleep win with us, and thank you so much for listening every single week. Hey parents, if you have a little one under five, this quick message is just for you. If you love listening to this podcast, I'd love to invite you to also check out my podcast, Feeding Toddlers Made Easy. I'm Casey Barnes, registered dietitian nutritionist and creator of the Mama Knows Nutrition community. When you're feeding your little one, a hundred different questions pop up along the way, and I'm here to answer them all. And those times you feel like you're failing because they don't want to eat anything you make, and they could survive off of crackers and juice alone, I've got you. I've been there too. So let's get through it together. Feeding them is an important job, and you are doing so great. Let's just make it easier now. Just search for Feeding Toddlers Made Easy in your podcast app and follow along. Or come say hi on Instagram at Mama Knows Nutrition. That's M-A-M-A Knows Nutrition. Today on the podcast, I have Sarah Leach with me to talk through how to have an off day. And if you are in the middle of summer as you're listening to this, I hope that you take advantage and actually have an off day. So before we get into all the things, we're going to go through baby off day, toddler off day, preschool off day, like we're going to give you how to cover it. I want to open up with some encouragement. So I didn't tell you this question before, Sarah, so surprise, but go for it. (laughs) Give me your encouragement. If there is a parent who's like, I've never had an off day, what is your encouragement for them to think about doing it? 
Oh man, it's so worth it. I know there are, you, you go through different phases where you feel like maybe you're not ready for that off day. You're craving some consistency, but sometimes when you get that consistency, it's hard to break out of the shell and, and enjoy those days where you just go out, go to the zoo, go see family, stay out later. It's hard to break out of your normal routine and, but you have to do it that living life and those memories are so good for your soul. It's so good for your baby too, for their sleep when you stay home and you're just in the routine constantly every day. Sometimes your little one is going to start taking shorter naps or waking up earlier in the morning because they need to get out and they need that interaction with friends and family and you need that social connection, right? I think you always say, Becca, like the mom being happy is the number one predictor of baby being happy. So when you get out and do things that are you're going to enjoy and that fill your bucket, you know, so good for you and for baby. So highly, we highly recommend that here we, at Little Z's. We <laughs> have fun. It is, it is like one of the cornerstones of what we talk about is that it is crucial to take the show on the road, right? Like take the example that your child does have that sleep expectation. And this is really the foundation of it is that your child does know how to sleep and that is no longer a prison. And what I mean, what I mean by that is if you have no idea if your child will fall asleep at nap, you have no idea how long they'll sleep. You have no idea when they'll fall asleep for bed and then when or how and what will happen in the nighttime, then it's actually more difficult to enjoy an off day because you don't know what's going to happen at the next nap. You don't know what's going to happen that nighttime. But if you know, oh, at these times my child takes a nap and at this time they fall asleep at bedtime and they will sleep 11 to 12 hours all night long, you can then throw that schedule out for the day and be like, so what? We're going to go out. We're going to have a great day. There may be naps. There may not be. But you know what? Tonight at 7 p.m., we're going to bed and I can count on that. Right. And that is a freedom, such a freedom. And even if not that exact night, the next night at 7 PM, we're going to, you can always recover that consistency that you have when you know you've made sleep a regular thing that gives you the predictability. Like you can always get back to that. It might take a night. It might take a day to get back on track. Um, especially when you go out on vacations, things that are a little bit longer, but you will always get back to that. Yeah. It does. It takes, that's a good marker. I've, I've consistently said over the years, like it takes 24 hours for a child to get Mm. back to normal. And so, yes, you may put them to bed at that predictable bedtime. It may be a little bit off, which we'll cover, but you know, the next 24 hour cycle, we're going to buckle back down. It's going to be a okay again. And that's the freedom piece. And if you know what I mean, it's like, you know, if you know, if you don't know, you have no clue what I'm saying. Um, and I want to give that encouragement, especially as we're coming and it's 2022 and we've had two years of some people like maybe not quite getting out and enjoying things. And now I feel like the world is definitely in that space and place. And so if you've never taken the opportunity, get out and enjoy an off day. So with that, let's do it. Let's talk. Let's jump in. All right. We're going to go through baby, toddler, and preschool. I will do the best that we can in the show notes to mark down like where we're talking about these ages. So if you don't have a baby and you just want to skip straight to the toddler or preschool section, great. Go for it. Um, So let's talk about baby. Um, I will also put an asterisk here. We're not even going to cover newborns because newborns are just off. Period. It's just off. No need. Newborns, take them wherever you want. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> no need to go sleep wherever, whenever. <laughs> no need to make a game plan really right now. Um, right. But we're starting at the baby age, which we say here at Little Z's, that's 16 weeks from due date. That's when you can begin the sleep training process. If your child's pediatrician says we're good to go and everything's good here and you've done that, great. So from 16 weeks all the way up at, at Little Z's again, we classify a baby all the way up until 16 months old. Um, and after that is when toddlerhood really takes full precedence. But let's talk about babies. And this is going to be our, our, our four nap schedule, our three nap schedule, our two nap schedule, and our one nap schedules. So we're going to go through this with you. Um, overall, it, I would say it just depends on the baby's age, where they are. And that that's a wide range from four to 17 months on how to manipulate an off day. But I want to open up with a story and then we're going to go into like some tips on how to do this. So my second child, Hattie, she just came along for the ride. That's just what we did. We were off all the time. We were also living at my parents' house. So we definitely got out as much as we possibly could. And I would... <laughs> strap her in the baby ergo or Chad would wear her in the baby ergo. And we would have like a good 50% of her naps on the go. And it kind of became her norm for a little bit until we then moved into our first home when we came to Virginia and we got onto like a really rhythmic nap schedule. Then I became obsessed with like, oh my gosh, we must have every single nap here at the house all the time. That was the winter time. It's easy to do that. But then the summertime right. came and we were ready to like get out and explore. And this, this example I'm going to give you, I think it's one of the biggest questions we get. When Hattie's birthday rolled around, we wanted to have a birthday party, right? We wanted to have that like big 12 month birthday party in May. And we decided we were going to have a middle of the day party. This meant I knew we could have a morning nap, but no afternoon nap would be had, right? So right. this was our dilemma on like, okay, we're going to choose to do this. It's supposed to be a fun, memorable birthday party. We're just going to do it, but we're going to have to completely throw her regular schedule out the window. So what we chose to do is she woke up at her normal time. I wish you could tell a baby like, hey, keep sleeping. You're going to, you know, you're going to want that later today. But she right. woke up at her regular time, which was at the time 7 a.m., Woke up, had her awake time, which for her was still two and a half hours. She went down for her nap at 9.30, and then I just let her max it out. Like, however long you want to sleep for, go baby, sleep, right? So she would only really max out her nap at about an hour and 45 minutes, two hours, and that was really it, which is pretty great, right? I mean, that's a little bit longer. So we got her up between that, which would have been like 11.45-ish, probably 12 o'clock, her party was at one. And so I got her up, which is also nice because while she was sleeping, we just packed and got ready for the party and did all that stuff. Right. Got her out of the crib. Yes. Kind of like good, good time saving tip. Got her up out of the crib and then we just left the house. We went to her party. We had a great time and she, it came about to be two 30, which was her regular nap time, her next regular nap time. But we're at the park. You're with your friends. We're going to play. We're going to have a great time. After her party, we got in the car. And what did she do? Like the second we pulled out of the parking lot, she fell asleep. Passed out. Oh, yeah, yeah, passed out. All that party fun, all that cake, all that good stuff. She just passed out in the car seat. And I was like, I don't care. Whatever. We had like a 20-minute ride home. We drove home, got her out of the car seat, played with her for a little while, you know, had some toys to distract her. And then we put her down for an early bed at about 6 o'clock. And that was the day, right? And we did an hour early bedtime. 
And I think that that birthday party is such a good example of that's everybody asks that like, what time should I have my birthday party? Um, and it kind of depends, but right. typically it's those like, those are the good time example of like throwing the schedule out the window. And so a few key points in there was that a, we knew that we were going to enjoy a, uh, an off day. So if you have the time in the morning, let them tank up if you can. If you can, like let them sleep as long as they can in the morning, sleep as long as they can for that first nap of the day, then pick them up and then go off and enjoy your off day. Um, would you say, Sarah, is there like a magic time here that like that's you should cap that morning nap for a baby. Is there anything, any guidance you would plug in here? If you're going to be having, if you're going to have that, that situation, like a birthday party in the afternoon, I would say if your baby sleeps up to two and a half, you know, hours in the morning, that would be amazing. An hour and a half is, is a normal morning nap. If you're, if you're on that two nap schedule, it's, it's still, um, but if your baby will go up to two, two and a half hours, that's great. I, I think that we've we've done that same thing, actually, both birthday scenarios for both of our boys. And magically, they've taken like their longest naps ever on their birthday days. I remember having to go in and wake them up and going, oh, well, they'll only sleep an hour and a half. That's what they normally do, an hour and 20, hour and 30. And having to go in and like get them up because all of their friends and family members were here and they were still asleep. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. I let them tank up. And to be honest, I even the night before sometimes prep my kids for knowing that we're going to have an off day the next day. I'll put them to bed like 15 minutes early. So not super early so that they don't take their nap the next day, but a little bit early so that I know they're waking up just a little bit, you know, more rested, a little extra sleep for the night. Um, and sometimes I find that that helps us to tackle the next day if it's going to be really off. So yeah, just thinking ahead and knowing sometimes that you're going to be either out of the house or have a lot of things going on. Just thinking ahead to get an early bedtime the night before so you're not starting the day kind of in a sleep deficit. Um, yes. That's something I find helpful too. That's a good yeah. bonus tip because 15 minutes is just enough. 30 minutes is like, oh, your kid may not fall asleep. They're going to be like whining and complaining that right. it's not quite time yet. But 15, there's like that magic 15 minute window of like, yeah, it's fine. You can hang out for a few extra minutes or you could fall asleep and we're okay here. And that is exactly sometimes they don't go to sleep and that's fine. At least we offered it. Exactly. So if you're in that baby stage, if you can put them to bed a little bit early the day before, you know, you're going to have an off day. Definitely try that the next morning. If they're still snoozing past that normal 12 hour mark, let them. Um, I would probably for babies still wake them up at the 12 and a half hour mark because they need to be fed. And so let's get them up. Let's feed them. Let's fill them up for the day. Um, and, or not for the day, but for, you know, for the first feed of the day, um, then you can have your normal morning wake window, whatever that may be. And then if you are going to be home for that first nap, try that. Um, you might even get away with that 15 minute window that Sarah just said. So there's something magical about the very first nap of the day, your baby, you, and even us still, we still have like lingering sleep pressure from a great night of sleep. And as the day goes on, we like feel more alert. And then as the night comes, we feel more tired again. And so in that morning time, especially for maybe a four to six month old, whose awake windows are like an hour and a half, maybe two and a half hours you could get away with putting them to their nap 15 to even 20 minutes sooner in the morning for that very first one. Again, to see how much more they'll take so that you could get them up 
when it's time later and leave for the day. So you try to get as much sleep as you could in that crib. And then the third thing to do if you're a baby having an off day is if you can have an early bedtime, use that. And I think we're going to say that phrase probably like 20,000 more times in this episode, but an oh, early, yes. early, early bedtime. bedtime. It's so magical though. It really is. I mean, you can do, you'll be surprised how well your baby can hang when they've never been up for that long before and you're requiring them to be up for a really long window to do something fun like a birthday party, or maybe it's going to a doctor's appointment or something that's throwing your day off. They're going to be awake for longer than they ever have. But usually, especially if you can squeeze in that really solid morning nap, usually they're going to do just fine. And if you can hit an early bedtime, that's your saving grace. Yes. So if you can't though, I'll put this little caveat. If you cannot have an early bedtime because you're fun and everything is just lasting into the evening, this is the opportunity then to know like it's a little bit deeper than how old is your child. If they are a young baby, you might need to try to get them to contact nap on you at that time. Like if your plan is to maybe stay out until like 9 or 10 p.m., Fourth of July is a good example. Holidays are a good example. Just something kind of maybe different and memorable and fun. If you know that your off day is going to carry into the off night, they will need to sleep. Those young little babies, they are going to need to. So whether that's a contact nap on you in a baby carrier, in a pack and play somewhere else, and then you get them home later at their normal bedtime, go for it. But uh, probably around that 13 to 17 month mark, they're a little bit more curious if they are walking around, like Sarah said they will surprise you. They might be able to just hang with it for a few hours before they turn into pumpkins. And then you can go home and put them to bed. And then the next day, the next day, get right back on it. Get back on it. And we want that like um, intensity of the schedule back the next day. Right. So would you say it's a good idea if your baby has a really off day, Becca, let's say this is a four or five month old baby has a really off day. The next day, are you going to let baby sleep in really late into the morning? Say they're just like really zonked. Do you let them sleep in or do you wake them up at their normal time, get right back on schedule? I would let them sleep in a little bit, but not like 13, 14 hours. Um, And I, 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 because at that age, especially you want them to be getting their calories in during the day. So as much as it may sting to be like, Oh, I've got to go wake up my sleeping baby. This is the time, like go get them up. Uh, I would say 12 and a half hours is the cap. So at 12 and a half hours, go get them, feed them. But that's the beauty of a four to five month old. Their wake window is so small, an hour and a half to maybe two hours you're going to go to your nap again and that's fine. And then they could make up a little bit more during the day. Like if they maybe sleep an hour for that first nap, but they're still sleeping in an hour and a half. Great. Let them be. But overall, try to keep your feeds as constant and consistent as possible. Yes. Yeah. And this is where that 24 hours that you were talking about comes in, you know, when they're it's going to take a day to get back on track. So if they're sleeping a little, like 15 minutes over in the morning, up to 30 minutes, you know, that's okay, but you want to keep the feeds consistent. That's a really good point. All right. Uh, my next question for you then would be, all right, we've had our off day, our off night, and now we're going to bed and dun, 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 two hours later, it's, I don't know, let's say 12.30 p.m., 12.30 a.m., and your baby wakes up, right? And you're like, what? You know, we just had an off day. I just fell asleep. Why are you waking up? This never happens. <laughs> right? It never happens. 
why does right. why does this happen? Why is your baby like you had an off day and off night? You should just go to bed and sleep because we're all exhausted. But why can they just not do that? Why are they waking up? Oh yeah. Well, we mess with their sleep pressure, right? So they're consistent that that consistent schedule that they're so used to. I nap at this time, I go to bed at this time, their rhythms are all kind of set. We've kind of thrown that off. And so sometimes they can wake up you know, maybe you're like, oh my gosh, my baby, I put them to bed and they thought it was a nap and now they're back up. Sometimes I I can remember that feeling with my boys, like two hours later, like this was not a nap. This is nighttime. We sleep all night long. Um, yeah. And this is where like, if you've done e-coaching, if you've sleep trained, you know exactly what to do. You have that plan when your baby, you know, think back to when your baby was waking up all night long and, and you wanted to make sleep a thing. And this is where you're able to just completely get back to that, you know, that consistency by going back to your routine and what you used to do when you sleep trade. I know the things that we learned through our e-coaching, I never felt nervous when the baby woke up like that because I was like, okay, this is weird. This is off. I don't know why they're doing this, but I have a plan for how to address it. I know exactly when to go into the room, what to do and what not to do. That's going to, you know, get us in a bad cycle and get us off track, but how to address it and get baby, you know, back to independent sleep. Like we still are putting ourselves to sleep. I'm not going to go in and, uh, you know, rock you or feed you or anything that's not normal for us. We're getting back to consistency. So I always found that whenever we had those off days and then we had those surprising night weekings, I just, I would honestly look back at like my PDF from my e-coaching guide in the beginning, you know, and, uh, and go, okay, well, I know exactly what to do. I'm not going to panic. Um, and you know, just work, just be patient and work through it and know that this is not going to be an every night thing. This is just a weird off night because we had an off day. We threw off sleep pressure. Maybe we were a little overtired when we went to bed um, or a little undertired. You know, it's, you can never completely know the answer with your little one sometimes, but you do know and have a plan for how to address it. So. Yes. That's like, boom, we could stop right there, but we have toddlers and preschools to go through. Um, I love that, that kind of wrap up is, is it really truly is for a baby. If going off for a day or off for a night completely throws things out and you're like, oh my gosh, what happened to my good sleeper? If you have been inside of our baby sleep e-coaching class and our program, you already have the plan on what to do. Go back to that. Maybe restart that. And it's a quick, it's a quick refresh. It's not like, great, 14 days of a plan. Here we go. It's a quick refresh. And that's where, that's really our whole goal and our whole point. So yeah, thank you for bringing that up. All right, let's get into toddlers. Um, They're they're not as long. (laughs) I'm going to say that. They're not as long as a baby, but it's a very special little time. Yes. It gets so much easier. I just want to say that it gets so much easier the older your child gets because there are fewer naps to deal with mm-hmm. and they are so much, uh, they're more ready to stretch those awake windows. It's so much easier. And like you were saying, when they start walking and exploring and they're so interested in things, that's when it really gets so much fun to keep them out later or to enjoy things in the day. And just don't be afraid. And we're talking more for like someone who's on a one our two nap schedule, but don't be afraid to stretch those windows. And, you know, maybe usually have a three hour awake window in between the two naps for your toddler, but 
when they're a little bit older and you want to enjoy an off day like that, you can stretch it. You can have a four hour window and offer a nap two a little bit later. And maybe if nap two is shorter because they went down overtired, you can compensate, you know, with a, an early bedtime. There's that phrase again, early bedtime. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we did that so often we would use, um, our off days, we're usually traveling to families' homes and we have family who lives about an hour away from us. So we are constantly driving like an hour in the morning and an hour back home. And we would always use the hour drive as nap time because they would fall asleep the minute you got in the car in the morning. So we did try to plan when we had off days like that. We knew we were going to be driving a little ways and it was impossible to keep them up in the car. We tried to plan nap times on the drive. So we're going to drive down there at nine o'clock because that's right about our 930 nap time. And they're going to sleep at least an hour in the car. It's maybe a little bit of a short nap that day. And then when we drive home, we're going to try to plan that at like four o'clock because our nap time is usually 2.30 or three, you know, so we stretched it for sure. Um, But we could guarantee those naps in the car. So that really helped us for an off day to just be able to enjoy all of our time with our boys awake. We wanted them to get to see grandparents and get to see family and friends and not to get somewhere and set up the slumber pod and the pack and play and the sound machine and let them take a nap. That's great too. We have mm-hmm. done that too when we want to enjoy our time <laughs> and have them napping somewhere on an off day. But yeah, the car rides, we used our car rides as our naps. And that was really helpful for us to not worry about, you know, them taking a third extra third nap in the day because we knew they'd still fall asleep in the car if we offered a nap, you know, wherever we were. Um, but yeah, we that we relied on that a lot for sure, especially when we were on that two nap schedule. Yes. So for toddlers in that, if they are still, I would say, um, the baby toddler stage. I know at Little Z's, we classify a toddler until 17 months old, or I'm sorry, mm-hmm. at starting at 17 months old. But if they're that baby toddler, I know we're kind of stretching back a little bit, like, you know, the 12 to 17 month old, they may still those 12, 12 to 14 months, they may still be on those two naps. And you could definitely do like what Sarah said, if they're on the one nap schedule, I would not suggest skipping the nap altogether until they're two years old. If you've ever been around an 18 month old who's had a skip nap, it is not fun. <laughs> so I wouldn't suggest that. Um, but that would be a good opportunity to um, to manipulate that nap a little bit. Whether that means um, you know you're going to have an off day, you're going to be out for their nap, you're not going to be at home. So I would actually suggest, oh my gosh, big shocker, wake them up in the morning earlier. Like this is one strategy you could use. You could go to your child's room, get them up at maybe the 11 or the 11 half hour mark, depending on their, their sleep. So basically get them up either 30 to 60 minutes earlier in the morning, which that doesn't sound like something you would want to do. But what we're trying to do then is then put them to nap a little bit earlier if that's a possibility. If you're not leaving until their normal nap time, great. Wake them up a little bit early and then maybe at 10, 30, 11, see if they'll go down for a little bit of a snooze before you maybe get them up an hour later to go. Um, or like Sarah said, if you can leave during nap time and they can sleep in the car, excellent. But I would not advise at this age to just totally disregard and never offer any sleep in the middle of the day. Figure out some little pocket of time that you could offer something. Even if it's in the car, it's okay. Um, But offer some amount, I would say at minimum 30 to 45 minutes of a little bit of sleep. I would, big asterisk here, by the way, 
if you're flying on an airplane, this is a completely different topic. We should do a whole nother episode on this. <laughs> but if you're flying in an airplane, don't even like force your toddler to be like, lay down and go to sleep right now. Like it's not going to happen. It's not. No, They're it's not going to happen. happen. <laughs> Let's do that right. one next. Airplane sleep. Um, yeah. You know, if no, that's going to be po- pockets of sleep throughout the day. If you can get that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Uh, we'll cover that next for sure. Um, but I would definitely suggest like if at all, if you could get a little bit of sleep, that's what you would want to do. If you can offer an early bedtime, do that because that's going to help if your toddler did not have much sleep at all that day, get them to bed early. And tangibly, we can say, we can't really say it much for babies because it depends on the baby's age and wake times. But for a toddler, you could get away with 30 to 60 minutes earlier of a bedtime, depending on how much or how little sleep they got that day. But early bedtime, shot it from the rooftops. Early bedtime is the answer. Early bedtime. If your toddler is two to two and a half, you could totally get away, or I'd say two to three years old, you could get away with no nap at all. That's not a problem. They'll, you, they'll surprise yeah. you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. After that, just just go with early bedtime. Then you can, yeah. But eight, 18 months around that time frame, no, you don't want to skip it. And I can remember even taking our son to the zoo when he was that old and like setting the stroller back in the recline position so he could nap. And we had the clip-on fan. And we found that Adele was like magical for him. <laughs> he could fall asleep to Adele in that stroller. And that's how we got our one nap in when we were in that phase. You just turn on Adele and he will conk out. It's like, that's awesome. it was magic. So sometimes if you have a really active day and you're out and you really, you can't be in the car for that nap and you aren't even anywhere where you can set up a sleep space because we have done that so many times. We just transport our entire sleep space to wherever we're going to ensure that we get one good nap in for the day. But if you can't do that and you're just completely out and about all day long, absolutely. Just see if you can get that on the go nap, even when you haven't done it in a while. Um, and, and still go with the early bedtime because nap is probably shorter and a little bit less restorative than a crib nap because it was on the go. And so we would still do early bedtime after that too. But yeah, so many, so many days for sure of doing the one nap on the go. But, um, I was thankful because at that stage they could handle a shorter nap and still make it to the early bedtime. And we weren't like going crazy there, but yeah. Definitely don't want to skip it all together. See what you can get. Yes. Squeeze it out of them. They can do it. Um, all right. Let's cover preschool, which is going to be from three years old and all the way up here. Um, again, this is the opportunity for um, no napping. And we even teach her at Little Z's, you know, they don't even need to be napping past three years old. If they are, that's a completely different story. Like, that's fine. They could do that. But just know that a three-year-old and up really needs... 11 to 12 hours of sleep in a 24 hour um, setting. And so in a sort of cycle. And so your preschooler may not need to have that nap anymore. And in this case, if you're having an off day, fantastic. You have the easiest, I'm going to air quote here easy though, because it's not easy being off and out with a preschooler, but you don't even have to worry about a nap schedule. There just is no nap. And so if you know you're going to have an off day, then again, let them max out their sleep in the morning. Um, If they are a child who doesn't nap ever anymore, then you could get away with 15 to maybe even 30 minutes earlier of a bedtime the day before. Um, Yes, I love that. 
biggest thing is just wear the heck out of them. Like let them just run around like crazy all day long. Um, just, just wear them out. That's the key. Uh, get them lots of exercise so they are ready to fall asleep early that night. Then let them max out as much sleep as they possibly want that next morning. If you're going to have your off day, great, awesome, go off and have a great time. Option A is come home and put them to bed early, literally as early as 5.30. If you're going to the pool all day, the preschooler needs to go to bed at like 5.30. (laughs) Easy. I mean, (laughs) Sarah knows that. That's pretty much... That's what we do every every day in the summer. <laughs> we're like, we're going to the pool all day today and you're going to bed at 6.30. Yes, exactly. Like 5.30 would be the earliest. That wouldn't be crazy. Um, and you could go like as late as 7.30. But truly for a preschooler, if they're having an active and off day, honestly, no later than 7.30. Children get, and as soon as I say this, you're gonna everyone's gonna be like, yep, that's absolutely true. Usually after 7.15, 7.30, these preschoolers can get a second wind if they're not used to staying up past that. And so I would definitely suggest if your child is not on like some type of eight to eight schedule or even like 830 schedule, do not let them go to bed later than 730. Um, Your preschooler who normally does maybe a seven to seven schedule or 730 to 730, if they are off and out and like stimulated distractions and all those things, do everybody a favor and get them to bed early. That's option A. Option B, if you're also having fun into the evening, is just let them have fun. Put them to bed as quick and as fast as you possibly can, which I want to hear about your abbreviated, like what you do for an abbreviated bedtime in a second. But put them to bed as quick as you can and then let them sleep as long as they want to the next day because they're not napping. So it's okay. Um, Yes. But we've even, um, we've had several off nights here lately. I feel like our kids are just getting older. They're both not napping right now. You know, 4th of July, we've had, there are so many fun things going on in the summer. Just recently, my husband took them to a baseball game. Um, it was very brave. He took them by himself Ooh. and it started at like, you know, eight o'clock at night, which is way past their bedtime. They go to bed at seven. So we were like, how are we going to do this? And both of them haven't napped in, you know, my older son hasn't napped in years. Um, uh, my younger one, just about mm, five months or so, he dropped his nap. Um, but we, we will try to lay them down for a nap. We've even done gone so far as to take them to a trampoline park in the morning. And this is a really risky move because if they didn't nap, it might go really badly. But we have, we've taken them to a trampoline park in the morning and then tried to lay them down and told them we're going to take a nap because we're going to do this fun thing tonight. And we've had success with them taking about an hour nap in the day so that they can stay up till like we're talking way past their bedtime and they're three and five. So much older, but, um, you know, they'll stay up till 1030 at night recently, a couple of times we've done this. Um, and it's worked out really successfully if we can squeeze some kind of nap in there. And we figure if the morning is decently active, they'll at least fall asleep in the car on the way to wherever we're going. And so that's helped us to be able to stay out late with them. And that's not something we do often. But yeah, like you said, the the early bedtime the night before has helped with that and trying to squeeze in a nap. And you know what? If they don't nap, we're going to make it the next day. We're going to let them sleep in a little bit and do an early bedtime the next day to kind of compensate for that as they get back to normal. But, but yeah, we've enjoyed some really fun late nights where we look at the clock and go, oh my gosh, they have never been up till 1030 in their lives. But it's gone really well. And um, like so you asked opposite. about... that's. I'll just say that's like literally the opposite yeah. of 
of what I could ever do. Like I know my children will <laughs> never take a nap. They're just not like they, they, they said goodbye yeah. at two years and four months old and they've never looked back. And so for us, I'm like, no, we, ha- we can't do trampoline park. You have to like sit on the couch and just like play a quiet game for hours. <laughs> we leave. Conserve your energy. Conserve your energy, right. We go back and forth. We're like, do we conserve their energy or do we wear them out and see if they can take a nap? And we've had success with that. And I'm always shocked. Because mm-hmm. um, like I said, John hasn't taken a nap in like years. But these couple of nights where we've stayed out late, we've had success with it. So I guess, yeah, you're always, it's always a toss up um, mm-hmm. when they have a nap to see if they will. So you know your kid and if you just know that is not going to happen, don't even waste your energy. Nope. Like don't even saying. try. Don't even stress yourself don't out. So I want to know as we kind of wrap up the preschooler, because this is truly what's going to happen with preschoolers. You probably are just going to throw the schedule out and you might even stay out that nighttime as well and enjoy a later evening time. And so if we do that, um, there's, there's a couple things we need to do. We need to abbreviate the bedtime routine, but also communicate with the child, like what's going on. So can you walk us through what you guys do for your bedtime routine and communication when you know, like, oh yeah, you're going to bed at 1030 tonight. Yeah. And we've had so much success communicating with our kids and usually they are so tired that when we're on the way home, I will, I will say I'm like terrified that they'll fall asleep in the car. Um, and then we will have to wake them back up and do an abbreviated bedtime routine. That's never happened to us so far because we usually bring the iPad or some kind of a coloring book or some fun activity for the drive home. And so if the drive home is not too far, they will stay awake and they can make it. And then when we get home, we'll communicate to them that it's really late. We are going to skip stories tonight, but we usually have, I'll tell you a story in place of that. So I'll tell you a story is much faster than a book. Uh, On occasion, we've chosen a book and prepped them in the car and said, when we get home, we're going to read, you know, this one. And it's about two minutes. (laughs) So keep the book or communicate to them. Like we're not reading a story tonight. We watched the iPad in the car on the way home. So we have to get home and get right into bed. And so we've done quick bedtime a lot, but if your little one does fall asleep in the car and you get home and you wake them right up, just abbreviated bedtime routine, right? So you're going to like wipe their face with a warm washcloth because that water is such a good cue for them that bedtime's coming, but we don't have time to take a full bath. So just do the quick wipe down, brush teeth, jammies, story into bed. And, you know, they're usually out within like a couple of minutes, even though you've just woken them up and they've got a little energy out. If you notice that your child, you wake them up from the car and they've kind of got a second wind, you could do that 10 minutes of playing in their room right before you put them down. But at least for us, we've always noticed with our kids that like, they're just ready. They're still ready Mm -hmm. to just quick five to seven minutes and they're in the bed. Um, Kind of like a nap routine. Like if you remember, if you have, you know, a preschooler and they're not napping anymore, think back to nap routine where you did a mini version of bedtime routine and that's what you're going to do. Yeah. Perfect. And then the next day, let them just sleep as long as they want to. Or my father-in-law says this, he goes, everyone sleep until you're done. Just sleep until you're done. Like that's exactly what we want to do with this age group. And hopefully we're sleeping until we're done too. (laughs) Because honestly, at this age, the last part of the preschool puzzle here is that they actually might wake up early. My daughter, Hattie, who um, just turned six. So she's kind of still lumped in this like preschool, early elementary age. She, her like 
her thing is that I, I know Hattie is overtired if she's waking up before 6.30 in the morning. If, mm-hmm. if she's doing that, she's gone to bed too late. That is like her telltale sign. It took me a while to figure that out because I just thought, oh, I guess she just needs 10 and a half hours of sleep. But nope. Not at all. It's six years old. She still needs 11 to 12 right. hours, really. And so if your preschooler actually wakes up then the next day, they went to bed at 10 and they wake up at 5.30 or 6 a.m. like, bing, ready to go. Oh, yeah. That might happen because they're so overtired. But what are you going to do? You're going to do early, early bedtime. bedtime. <laughs> and usually we'll do an early bedtime for two or three nights. Sometimes we call it recovery. We're yeah. like, all right, they had that late night and they're up at 630 the next morning. And so the next night, guess what? We're going to bed at 630 for a couple of nights, work our way back to seven when we know they're kind of caught up. And we do notice, we notice differences in their mood and that you can tell they're just a little bit overtired. But yep, we have, I have one boy who will always wake up between 6.30 or seven, no matter when he goes down. Mm -hmm. And then another one who can magically, he'll sleep in. If he goes to bed at 10.30, he'll wake up at like eight. And we're so thankful for that. Well, man, it's always it's it's it's, it's always going to be like that. Though. You're never going to have both of them doing that. You're always going to have just one of them. So yeah. Oh yeah, it's only one, only <laughs> one. They don't both sleep in ever. <laughs> well, this was insanely helpful to go through by the ages. So I hope that this was a great kind of just recap. If you've been around Little Z's for a while, you've heard us say these things just every now and then. But as we've done this podcast since 2018, we've definitely covered these things. But I don't think in one big concise episode so i'm glad you're able to walk through this with us sarah um thank you guys for for listening really appreciate that yes and i hope so many moms can enjoy a night out a day off schedule do it you're not gonna regret wherever you are in the world and whenever you're listening to this it is sarah and my true hope and goal that you will get out go live your life, go have an off day. I hope you felt encouraged by this episode today. And we look forward to seeing you next week as we continue to help you get your family sleeping. We believe here at Little Z's that sleep is a thing and we want you to have it tangibly. And if you've listened to this episode with all the encouragement in the world, we are grateful you have been here today. Sweet dreams. See you next time.